I'm so glad you're joining me for this episode of Street Soldiers on NYCHA at a Turning Point. The roughly half a million people living in the nation's largest public housing system have been going through a lot for years. No heat or hot water, broken elevators, lead paint, mold, roaches and rats, plus broken promises of repairs and upgrades. Right now, $40 billion is needed to make improvements, money that is simply not there. So under the watchful eyes of a federal monitor and new leadership, NYCHA is trying to fix a broken system with new programs and plans. While these are moving ahead and there have been some significant developments, there's still a lot of distrust and fear on the part of <laughs> residents that they will be displaced or that the very nature of public housing is in jeopardy. So where do things stand now? Let's find out from our panel. We have joining us Gregory Russ. He is the chair and CEO of NYCHA. Greg, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Lisa, for having me. We appreciate it. Also with us is New York State Senator Brian Benjamin. He's a senior assistant majority leader. His district is in Harlem, where there are many NYCHA developments. Brian, great to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Also with us is City Council Member Vanessa Gibson from the Bronx. She's also been on the forefront of fighting for residents' rights in her district and citywide. Vanessa, great to have you with us. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much. And also joining us is Reginald, uh, Reginald Bowman. He's a resident leader and resident of the Seth Lowe Houses in Brooklyn and is a NYCHA citywide resident leader. Reginald, great to have you with us. Thank you for having me on, Lisa. Thank you so much. Vanessa, I'm gonna start with you on this. Where do you see NYCHA at the present time? So I see NYCHA in a really dire state in need of repair of serious investment at all levels of government. I see patient understanding tenants that have lived in NYCHA for their entire lives, raising their families. I see intergenerational families that are living in public housing, but I see the despair, I see the disrepair, I see the inequity in the system. I see so many residents that have really, really fought the good fight, that have remained firm, that really fought to make sure that their lives have been improved. And it's unacceptable that in this day and age in 2021, we are still struggling for basic necessities, for elevators that work, uh, for apartments that are clean and safe, and infrastructure that is invested in. And so the state of NYCHA is in a dire state of emergency. We need a transformation. We need something that is a game changer that makes significant investments in public housing that restores the stability of affordable housing in New York City. Absolutely. And we really and need to restore the faith for residents and families. Right, and that, that's definitely a key is, is restore, restoring the faith. State Senator Brian Benjamin, give us a quick summary of where you see things with NYCHA because the state assembly is gonna to have to be making some big decisions coming up. Sure, and that, you know, I think this, the assembly and the Senate, we're gonna to have to work on what the future looks like. And I know Chairman Russ has some ideas, which I'm happy to hear, hear him speak about, but I wanna pick up on where Vanessa left off. I mean, you know, there is significant issues. When you talk about $40 billion of need, there's, there's heat issues all the time, elevator, asbestos, lead. I mean, there are so much, uh, so much issues across the entire portfolio. And the real question is, how are we going to fix these issues when you have a federal government that has walked away from NYCHA, that has walked away from public housing? We have a state uh, a budget crisis. We have a city budget crisis. We're $15 billion in the hole in the state level. The city, correct me if I'm wrong, Vanessa, is $4 to $5 billion in the hole. We got $40 billion of need. How are we going to make this work uh, we, uh, we, we have to figure it out. And obviously the state and the city has to prioritize NYCHA, but we need now with Biden and Harris and the, and the Senate, Schumer and the House with Pelosi and, and, and uh, Congressman Jeffries, they need to 
really focus on NYCHA as a critical requirement and a need. And we, we, we have to look at whether it's infrastructure money. I don't know where we find the money. Oh, and, that, and that comes, that let me bring in Greg Russ on that because um, Chairman, Chairman Russ, when we interviewed you in your office for the exclusive for Fox 5 News, you came away, I came away with a sense of there's different levels of problems. There's the triage, there's, there's a state of emergency that city council member Gibson was talking about where you know you have pipes breaking, you have heat going out, you have that type of thing. And then there's this long term of there's structural, huge structural things that need to be changed, but there's just no money. So just give us a sense of what the structure is of the direction you see where we're at right now. Well, I, I, I want to affirm a couple of things because I agree with both the senator and the council member on uh, what we have to do and um, feel very much, uh, uh, I think, their observations that this is long overdue. Uh, this investment uh, that we're talking about, um, really, we're at a time when we're compelled to make it. We, we must make it. And... Um, we understand the budget issues that have been framed. Uh, we're hopeful that a new administration could provide some relief, but we have no guarantees. So we have tried to come up with a set of ideas that would raise this money uh, using the existing uh, federal structures to tap into more subsidy, and then using that subsidy, the additional subsidy, to raise capital that we need to make these critical improvements. All right, so you're looking at ways that basically can come up with the money with existing programs so you don't have to wait three more years for new legislation to be passed and that, that type of thing going on, is that correct? That's, 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 that's pretty accurate, that we want to uh, put in place a structure that could access um, additional money through a voucher program and then use those additional funds to borrow to begin to make the repairs that are desperately needed. Reginald Bowman, in terms of the in terms of the residents, how are you feeling about where things are now? It's been very rough for residents this past year with, with the pandemic, going through mm. that, and then you know now NYCHA is taking a very active role in trying the, the uh, resident leaders in trying to get their residents vaccinated right in the developments themselves. What do you see going on where we're at right now from the ground? Well, if you don't know where you've been you don't know where you're going. Right now, this is my 40th year of resident leadership. And wow. this is about my 17th plan to preserve or improve public housing. And I agree with the necessity, but right now, NYCHA's biggest problem is they need serious infrastructure and modernization management and repairs that could be accomplished with the current um, funding on a daily basis. And then there really needs to be a reworking of the ideas that are being presented now so that some type of 21st century improvement will happen. The day-to-day -day management and repairs and safety and other infrastructure issues of the buildings are in dire, almost uh, desperate condition at this point. And right now, the adequate investment of funding is one thing, but finding a serious way of getting the repairs and maintenance and infrastructure management going on, to me is the 
part of the solution. It's definitely the definitely the solution, and there has been some progress. I, I witnessed it myself at the Betances houses. We're going to talk about what NYCHA is doing to try to make conditions more livable and safer for residents, and also why residents are still skeptical about that. Mm. And that's coming up next. We'll be right back. Hey, what up, y'all? This is Lloyd, the King of Hearts, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on Hot 9-7. You did. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about NYCHA at a turning point. A lot of problems, some new plans to move things forward and give residents a better way of life. But is it enough? And do residents really believe that's going to happen? That's what we're talking about with, with our guests. Joining us is NYCHA Chair and CEO Gregory Russ. Greg, great to have you with us. Thank you. Also joining us is New York State Senator Brian Benjamin. He's a Senior Assistant Majority Leader representing Harlem. Brian, great to have you with us. Glad to be here. Thank you so much. Also joining us, Vanessa Gibson. She's a city council member from the Bronx. Vanessa, great to have you with us. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. And also joining us is Reginald Bowman. He's a resident leader at the South Low Houses, and he's also a resident and NYCHA resident leader citywide. Reginald, great to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Uh, Greg, I had the opportunity to tour the Betances houses with mm. the uh, resident leader. Um, and she, was, she told me that they had many meetings with NYCHA, that they were trying to uh, get reassurances. And she said, basically, things were so bad in her development that even though they were skeptical, they felt like they had nothing to lose between the lack of security, the, the mold, all of the problems that, that we've been talking about um, for, for so many months and even, even years. How were you able to come up with a program where they have brand new infrastructure they have brand new apartments, the residents weren't displaced, and the important issue too of security, there was security, mailboxes, lobbies, lighting, all of that. How were you able to do that if, if there's no money for anything? Well, um, the, the Betances houses went through uh, the rental assistance demonstration program. And that was a program that was created <clears throat> under the Obama administration uh, it, it's, a, it's a strong program, it's a good program. And uh, uh, it involves uh, NYCHA uh, using uh, a leasing arrangement to bring in a private partner and the combination of the private partner, uh, the funding that they can raise, the funding that NYCHA provides and some additional housing vouchers that are, are part of these deals and uh, allows uh, capital to be raised and invested in those properties. And um, that investment uh, uh, has uh, leveraged quite a bit of money as, as the RAD program uh, goes forward, not just here in New York, but also uh, throughout the country. And it's understandable that uh, I think uh, residents have reached the place where they reached. I mean, my gosh, if you're living in these conditions, you, um, you know, it's just not acceptable. And part of the reason that the RAD program worked is because it can raise the capital to make repairs in a comprehensive fashion. And that's what we have to do. If I think of a building, um, I think of repairing almost uh, as much work as doing as much work as we can in that building so that the residents get a complete package, not something here and something there, but we never get to the root cause. So uh, that program uh, is responsible for raising that kind of money. Brian, what do you think? What do you think about that? They have because they did have they overhauled forty buildings. There were over a thousand units, brand new, 
a lot of security features put in as well because there's been a lot of security issues you know with illegal drug use and that type of thing in that neighborhood what do you think of that program i think you know one of the things is uh, you know i hear a lot about this because i have probably the most nice of any senator in, in the state is you know there are there are folks who are very pleased those who have benefited in terms of the new apartments and 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 the rehab units but there's some concerns about you know who who owns the the development and and you know people uh, worry about you know whether they will be pushed out of their apartments and and those kinds of things and so i think one of the things that i know we've been talking to nitra about is how to get the rehab done how to get the work done in the in the in the um these developments and at the same time make sure that public ownership is, is, is still um, uh, prioritized so that we get the best of both worlds. We get the, we get the efficiencies with the, with the new, um, uh, the new uh, kitchens, oh, bathrooms, et cetera. But at the same time, um, NYCHA is, is, is still an ownership. And my understanding is NYCHA is still an ownership, but the way in which the, the, the structure right. works, people feel that, that there's now a new, uh, a new private owner. And for some people that's a concern because of what that might mean. Well, for we have we, we have Greg Russ right here. Let's ask Greg in, ter in terms of who actually owns it. Uh, NYCHA is ground leasing to the to the Rad uh, partner. So NYCHA is actually uh, still the owner uh, and still has uh, control of the site at the at the ground lease level. The ground lease permits the private partner to raise the money for the investment and so forth. But and at the end. Um, and NYCHA is still present. And then in, ter in terms of the, in, in terms of the residents, uh, you had also told me, and they told the resident leader told me yesterday that she said that the, there's a guarantee in these contracts that the residents rights, they're not giving up any rights. Correct. That's correct. In fact, uh, uh, that's, uh, I think the Senator uh, had, had really echoed our concerns as well, that we we basically want to raise the capital uh, uh, through whatever mechanism seems to be uh, wor uh, workable, but we wanna do it in a way that uh, no one need fear the loss of housing. So that's where the resident rights become a really, really significant piece of anything we do. Reginald, in terms of, in terms of your residents and in terms of these programs, um, when it's one thing on paper, it's one thing when you actually see it and coming after, you know, your borough had the, the NYCHA serial killer with the, with the women in the senior citizen housing. These, the Baton says they have now, um, they have fob locks on the front, on the front doors. It's a much more secure system. They have security, big security cameras in all directions. They have uh, big flood lighting that is outside by all of the entrances and that type of thing. Do you, what do you think about this program? And do you think it's something that, that needs to be expanded? I think the concept of RAD and PACT are very useful and practical because the NYCHA developments are not line itemed into the state and city budgets. So the funding and the development that is going on is useful and it's effective. My principal concern and the principal concern of many residents is that there isn't a standardized application of these improvements across the board in all of the developments. So you have a lopsided development of the NYCHA, NYCHA portfolio, which creates a tale of almost two or three cities in a portfolio that houses uh, half a million people. 
So I think the Rad Pack program, because we, we were involved in the creation of it, is very useful when it's applied and, and effectively uh, begins to meet the need. The problem with it is that by the time you get it to, um, to actually finish being done, it's almost like you haven't done any work at all because it's only doing one segment at a time. And I have to agree with Chairman Rush when he says it's, it's hard to fix something when you can only have enough to fix one thing at a time. Greg, Greg what about that in terms of the, 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 the RAD Pro, or the, let's call it the PACT, because that's the overall arching, right, ar arching right. name. The, it, it seemed to me when I was talking with the residents at Betances, they said that they really, they, that they had many, many meetings for months. And they went in with these, you know, sheet, like sheets and sheets of paper of questions. And then the developer, I spoke with the developer as well. And they, he said that we, we had, of course, we had a certain budget. He said, but we wanted to prioritize what the residents' issues right. were, which were, you know, which were security, which were the, the rat infestations and the mold. So in, in the uh, renovations of the buildings, he said they put things like fans. There's some kind of ceiling fan or ventilation thing underneath the roof. It prevents mold from going all the way down the lines in the first place and that type of thing. How much flexibility do you have under this PAC program for these public-private partnerships to, to prioritize whatever the residents' needs are? Because with Vanessa, we've done stories on some buildings. I mean, the roofs were basically collapsing and that was leaks <laughs> in the apartments all the way down the lines. But how much flexibility yeah. do you have to, uh, to address what, what Reginald was talking about, specific structural concerns? Well, I think there's there's quite a bit. I, I recognizing that every every project we take has a budget, but I think uh, to the council member's point, that conversation uh, nobody knows that property as well as the families that live there, and whatever initiative that NYCHA takes on has to sort of respect the the information, uh, the experience that those uh, families bring to the process. I think what you're describing in Batanzas reflects uh, something that we've asked of all of the RAD developers and asked them uh, uh, in great detail, you've got to engage, just as we would have to engage if we were successful someday in doing the blueprint. Because we have a physical needs assessment that says, okay, here's the list of things that are a problem. But that has to be translated into what is being experienced at that property. So that engagement is critical because item five on the physical needs assessment may be number one for the families that live there. And we have to make sure that priority is achieved and that investment is made uh, in those things. And I think what you described with some of the combinations of technology, uh, uh, different kinds of approaches to the capital, that reflects a team. And that team uh, included the, uh, the developer partner included the residents and the final uh, uh, outcome of that is a property that, that folks are comfortable with. All right, we're gonna take a short break. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll, we're talking about NYCHA at a turning point. We'll be right back.
Yeah, 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 salute. This is General Steele from Smith & Wesson, and right now you're listening to Street Soldiers with your girl Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people. Only on Hot 97. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about NYCHA at a turning point. Something has to change. Something has to give. There's new projects, new programs, but there's also still a lot of pain for residents. We're talking about how to fix that and how to move past it. Joining me for this conversation is NYCHA Chair and CEO, Gregory Russ. Greg, great to have you with us. Great. Thank you, Lisa, for having me. Thank you so much. Also with us is New York State Senator Brian Benjamin. He represents Harlem and he's Senior Assistant Majority Leader in the State Senate. Brian, great to have you with us. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thank you so much. Also joining us, New York City Council Member Vanessa Gibson from the Bronx. Vanessa, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Happy to be here. We appreciate it. And also joining us is Reginald Bowman. He's the resident leader at the Seth Lowe Houses in Brooklyn, a NYCHA resident himself and NYCHA citywide resident leader. Reginald, great to have you with us. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Um, Greg, in terms of in terms of prioritizing the needs of residents, if, if Betances is what people want, what they see there, that adapted to their development, how, like, how does this break down? Like how many apartments are eligible for that? How many other developments? Vanessa expressed concern about Edenwald houses being such a big, mm. a big development. Betances, I think is about 40 buildings. So that was a pretty big one too in all different locations. Well, I, I think that we have, um... Uh, previously identified about 62,000 units that would go through RAD Impact. And uh, we need that capital. We need the uh, capital income that that program will raise. Uh, but I think to you know, Mr. Bowman's point earlier that uh, we have uh, 110,000 additional units that also need investment of scale. And, uh, and you know, NYCHA has the largest portfolio in the country we constitute, uh, if, if we're successful in trying some of these ideas out, we would be the single largest investment in public housing ever made, uh, going all the way back to the start of it at the New Deal. So I think um, we have an opportunity, if, uh, if we can, to make that kind of investment portfolio-wide, but it's gonna take some work, I, no question. And we have to deal with, um, uh, we have to deal with NYCHA's past. Uh, which, which casts a long shadow over the conversations that we're having today and, and show folks that we can make these units into the kind of unit that you'd be happy to come home uh, to in the evening or whenever you're off your work. Brian, the, um, the, the State Assembly is going to have to vote on this blue, NYCHA's blueprint for change. Tell us what, how you understand that or, or what you think are the you know, questions and also possible benefits. Yeah, so the assembly, there is a bill in the assembly, and I, I know that we're having conversations around who's going to carry it in the Senate as well. Uh, that's, but that's for the, the Public Housing Preservation Trust. Um, when you, I want to I talk about something real quick, because one of the things oh, that please. was going through my mind as I was listening to uh, Brother Bowman and, and, and Sister Gibson is, in the midst of the fact that we have uh, the needs presently, uh, that keeps growing, right? So it's not as if somehow the 40 billion stands still. Right. Every year uh, that we don't fix some of the issues, that's some right. continue to get worse and worse and worse. And so- That's right, you know, good we, point. So we're almost like chasing our tail a little bit. And I, I think you know we have to really sit down with the federal government and really have a Marshall Plan. We're going mm. to really try to drive 
over the next three to five years, the entire portfolio of needs. I agree. Uh, at the same time, because otherwise it's just, we're going to always be playing catch up. We're never going to fully get there. And it's just going to be this continuous conversation. And so for me, I think uh, that's kind of be, that has to be where the conversation is. Now, with that being said, I do think that um, the uh, the public housing uh, preservation trust that the the NYCHA is looking for can unlock some of these tenant protection vouchers, uh, which can really help us to raise more money. I think that's got to be one of a, a number of solutions that gets us to the entire solution. Uh, uh, well, of, of NYCHA period, uh, and uh, we rehab everything in total, and and we really stop some of these billions of dollars that are just having to be spent because we're dragging our feet on just getting the whole problem solved. Lisa, one of the things that we talked about, and I have to get this off my chest, early, about five years ago, we talked about um, the necessity for there being, as you suggested, um, brother, the, the investment in public housing has to be something like a foundation or a trust. And the original idea that was put together by the federal government with the Jesse Gray Housing Act, which is really the, still the backbone of this, was that there was going to be a consistent investment in public housing as something that was an essential thing as a part of American way of life. So it, it's important for something like the trust to be invested in, but it has to be more or less something that is actually uh, agreed to as an infrastructure or a, I like to think of it as uh, preserving public housing as a landmark because it's an institutional thing that needs to be invested in on a regular basis. And Marshall Plan, notwithstanding, if this isn't done, the physical buildings themselves will reach a point of legally being able to be condemned. All right, and let me get we, let me get Greg to let me get Greg. Greg, first of all, just give give us a easy to understand um, idea for this public housing preservation trust. So, so these examples, like like we see with Betances and the the apartments being renovated and developments under the pact, that would sixty two thousand are eligible for that, but the the majority or one hundred and ten thousand units would be would fall under could fall under this public housing preservation trust. Can you give us an idea? that we can understand of how that would work? Sure, I, I'll, 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 I'll keep it very basic. The idea is that we have a set of federal rules, statutory requirements, and what we're doing with the trust, and remember, NYCHA is, is still in the picture. NYCHA is not going away. The trust in partnership with NYCHA are sort of, are making a, a kind of demand that we need the additional subsidy so that we can leverage the capital that we're talking about here. I think the Senator's term Marshall Plan is, is appropriate. And I also think that um, uh, Mr. Bowman's thinking about investing over time. That has not happened to date. Since, since the federal, so the, the way we've structured the Preservation Trust is we release the additional subsidy uh, using the voucher then that additional subsidy is used to bond or borrow, and we make the improvements with those funds. Now, the, la the one other point is the additional subsidy stays with the property. It doesn't go away. Even after we pay off any debt, that additional subsidy is there, and we can set up protections inside those properties 
so that we don't find ourselves in the same place 20 years from now. But it does involve moving from one program to the other to release that additional money. And then you have to get state, you have to get state approval for that, correct? Is that? Well, we wanted a public agency. We wanted another public partner. We did not, we heard what folks were saying about their concerns about privatization. And the trust is that public partner so that the entire transaction is totally public and the borrowing is public in fact, because the trust is a public entity, whether it borrows on its own or in partnership with someone else. So we're trying to raise this money in a way that keeps uh, these properties in the public domain and deflects and prevents the kind of compromises that folks fear when you when you use the word privatization. Vanessa, we're talking about a lot of programs and, and, and policies and things like that, but it, you're, you're very hands-on in, in your district and you're out there and you're responding personally a lot of times to residents' concerns. Just give us a sense of the emotional and psychological burden when you don't know whether or not you're going to have heat when you don't know if the you know you go in and the roof you come home and everything is soaked from work and everything's soaked because there's a leak in the roof, the danger because the lights are out and you have to go walk under the scaffolding for like almost a block to get to your front door. Give us give us a sense of what kind of stress that is for residents. It is stressful every day and it's a challenge. You don't know what you're going to wake up to. Your elevator may not work. When you come home from work, your elevator not, may not be working. That's the reality of what so many residents and families deal with every day in NYCHA. And yes, I said, we need a transformation because the reality is, is that this situation is dire. We need short-term goals, immediate fixes. We have a huge issue with staffing and recruitment at the ground level. We have to make sure that basic necessities like trash being picked up are done. There's lighting, the key fobs work, the intercoms work. Those are basic things, but we also know long-term plans as well have to be addressed. I've said before that we have a problem on the ground with messaging. We're not getting the message to the leaders of NYCHA that we need to be on board. In order for RAD, PAC, and the blueprint to be successful, we have to have credible messengers that are not just NYCHA and not just elected officials. The resident leaders, Mr. Bowman and others need to be credible messengers to get the message across to residents because as of right now, they're not convinced. They don't think this is in their best interest. They don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. The process needs to be equal, fair, and engaging. And then a lot of people have raised concern because of COVID-19, a global pandemic. Should we wait? But I agree with Senator Benjamin. The longer we wait, the higher the price tag goes up. Mm. I remember it was $32 billion, and now right. we're at $40 billion, and That's it keeps right. going up. So we have to do something now, but I also think we have to make sure that the plan uh, is balanced, it's fair, and it includes all stakeholders moving forward. All right, we're going to take a short break. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be right back. What up? This is Trey Songz, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, real people, only on Hot 9-7. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about NYCHA at a turning point. Joining me is Gregory Russ. He's the NYCHA chair and CEO. Greg, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Lisa. Thank you very much. Also with us is New York State Senator Brian Benjamin. He's the Senior Assistant Majority Leader in the Senate, and he's also uh, represents Harlem. Brian, great to have you with us. Happy to be here, thank you. Thank you so much. Also joining us, City Council Member Vanessa Gibson from the Bronx. Vanessa, great to have you with us. Thank you for having us, Lisa. Thank you, and also joining us, Reginald Bowman. He's a resident leader at the Seth Lowe Houses, where he's also a resident, and he's a NYCHA resident leader uh, citywide. Reginald, great to have you with us. Thanks again. I got to jump in on something uh, that yes. was mentioned in the last segment. Um, 
the leadership of the New York City Housing Authority citywide, which I represent, and I'm the senior member of that group, uh, we are on board with certain types of fixes for NYCHA, including the plans that are being presented to a certain degree. One of the things that, and I always say this to Chairman Russ, that I'm skeptically optimistic about things. <laughs> that's true. He, that's exactly that's, right. That's, I that's one that. step be, wait a minute, that's one step beyond cautiously optimistic. Absolutely, <laughs> and I, I hope the audience understands, skeptically optimistic <laughs> does not mean opposition to the plan. Right. It means that I'm a meticulous stickler for details and it comes from experience of 35 years of dealing with the executive planning of the New York City Housing Authority and its attempt to work its way through these problems. So all I'm saying is yes, the leadership needs to be on board, but people need to understand something that you mentioned earlier, which is very important. We, we live here. So right. we are skeptically optimistic for a reason because we've seen several versions of this. And if there's going to be another version, we'd like to see it fix things within our lifetime. Well, it so, sounds like it's not just one version. It sounds, it sounds like there's a, like a toolbox. Well, like we have, we have the, the plan, to, we have the blueprint, we have the monitor, we have uh, last year when the governor, the year before last, the governor put forth this document. You were involved in all of this. You came out to CEPLO when they had a big meeting out there. There are several different things going on simultaneously. My proposal, and not just my proposal, but I think it's important for all of us to sit down. And as the, the assemblyman pointed out, and as the city councilman po pointed out, and as Chairman Russ pointed out, there has to be a collaboration. Mm. We have to sit down and put all of these pieces together so that we come up with a with a, with a plan that's going to uh, hit all of the necessary things, funding, structure, management, repair, and daily operations at the same time. And let, let, me, ask, let me ask Chairman Russ about this. Uh, Greg, in, ter in terms of the budget thing, obviously, you know, with, I just look at it in terms of an individual. You want to try to save for the future, but, you know, when there's an emergency today, you got to put right. the, the money in right there. Are you moving forward on several tracks, like like uh, Reginald just said, at the same time? To, and to Vanessa's point about, you know, a roof caves in, can can that get fixed right away? Well, uh, first of all, NYCHA uh, uh, has has its obligations, uh, and we we have no intention of of um, uh, retreating from those. Uh, these obligations exist whether we get the capital plan or not. What's a struggle, of course, is the capital conditions. And I, I want to acknowledge, too, that we need to reform the organization. I think that's one of the things. That's that, right. Yes, that we, we, we have um, uh, a requirement in the monitorship agreement to do just that. And um, if, if I look at the future, there's, there's two investments that are required. The first is the capital investment in the unit, because that would change the profile of how we do our work in ways that could benefit uh, residents over the long term, because we could redistribute the resources we have and do that in a smart way. The, and the second uh, investment is in the institution. And that's required by the reorganization plan 
in the agreement that we signed with HUD in the Southern District. And, and, and that is going to be as important in its way in changing some of these fundamental difficulties as the capital would be if we got it to invest in the units. And those two tracks have to occur uh, together, I think, if we're going to be successful. Brian, what about that for your, for your, for your constituents in Harlem? No, I think that that's all very, uh, that's all very important. Um, but I, it's hard for me to think about that without thinking about the source of funding. And I, I think one of the reasons why uh, uh, Reginald has talked a lot about the iterations over the years is mm. because you never have received a significant amount of funding from someplace. And I, you know, I know, you know, but very recently there were talks about an infrastructure plan out of Washington D.C. One trillion dollars. To me, we, you know, roads, bridges, tunnels, highways. I think public housing needs to be included in that. Right. And absolutely, uh, and we absolutely, absolutely Senator. Yeah, and we and we need to get a real allocation separate from housing support. We need we need infrastructure support. And when we talk about these numbers, and look, again, we don't have Trump in the White House anymore. We now have Biden Harris. We we have a senator from New York, Chuck Schumer, who's now the majority leader because of a lot of the work a lot of us have done to, to get him there. We've got leadership in the in the House. This has got to be part of the narrative. And I think if we can put that along with some of the, the great proposals that Greg Russ is looking to do, because his proposals, notwithstanding, if he doesn't have the resources, he can't he can't move uh, uh, quickly. He can't so do anything. That's why I want you on Let me just give Vanessa in here. <laughs> Vanessa, in, in, ter in terms of the narrative, because you keep, uh, you emphasize heavily, there has to be communication with the residents. Does there need to be a change in narrative too? Because there's still a certain stigma about you're getting, the residents are being given this housing because it's publicly subsidized when in fact, the vast majority are working families or retired seniors. Yes. Yeah. And it, what about the narrative? That's right. Is that part of the communication with the residents as well so that they feel invested in these changes? Absolutely. I think that's a great start. And it will really show progress and demonstrate that NYCHA means what it says and says what it means. Um, because as Mr. Bowman said, there's a long history and residents have been promised and promised repeatedly and to no avail. They have not seen changes. They have not seen their quality of life increase and improve. And they're very concerned and worried. And yes, many of our leaders have taken visits to Batances to, you know, we went to Chicago. We've seen Ocean Bay out in the Far Rockaways. And so everyone has seen in, in real life what it could potentially look like. But I still think the uncertainty and the doubt, we have to fill that with confidence and show them a plan that they actually can believe in. As I said, it's great to do the exterior. We all wanna look pretty on the outside, but right. I want you to look pretty on the inside too. And that means interior work. And a lot of our consolidated developments are walk-ups. They don't have elevators, they have fire escapes. The windows need to be replaced. Things like that, terrace doors, all of these things have an impact on your heat and your hot water. And right. so if you have an aging infrastructure, as mentioned earlier, you have to look at the total picture. I want it all. With this plan, I'm being greedy because we deserve it all. And no, with this new administration, <laughs> as, as Senator yeah. said, there's no reason. We have Democratic leadership in every house. There's no reason why we can't get investments from our new HUD secretary and from this administration to make a real difference. Greg, what about That's the why I want you on the team too. Yeah, Reg Reginald, Reginald, what will it, go ahead. Reginald, yeah, what, listen, I think that it's important 
Uh, one thing that the congressman, that I'm sorry, the assemblyman, I gave you a promotion. One thing that he <laughs> oh, said, no, he's a state senator. He's a state, state senator. senator. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Well, I still gave you a promotion. Um, <laughs> state senator, and I hope that you can get with uh, Ms. Cousins and uh, with uh, Hasty, and we can talk about these things. But we really need to form out of this conversation. I would like to propose that we actually do present something to the New York State delegation, to Schumer and the rest of them, so that they understand that we are really serious about making sure that NYCHA as a uh, institution is included in the infrastructure planning of this administration going forward. Okay, okay. Reginald, thank you for that. Brian, Brian final, final point. The, um, in terms of mo moving forward, do you think there's, is there hope or am I, am I overly optimistic that there can be real change and that this whole dynamic that we've seen of residents hate NYCHA because they've been, you know, they've been in these conditions. There's this us versus them versus mentality that things can really, things that, you know, things really can change for the better. I think without question, and I, and I, and I take Reginald up on his, on his, on his um, offer, we should all work together to make, to make this happen because at the end of the day, I think that Greg and his team are trying to do the best they can. I don't, I, I think that we have a real opportunity here, you know, coming out of COVID, uh, you know, let's, let's really get serious. You know, the, 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 uh, the president has a $2 trillion American rescue plan, right? Hey, where is, where is the 2 trillion going? And, and we need to make sure NYCHA is a part of that conversation. And I look forward to working with everyone on this call to make that happen. All right, fantastic. Greg, Greg uh, finally, move it, moving forward, uh, what does it look like 2021 look like for you? What do you hope to accomplish this year? Well, I, I just want to emphasize something that the council member said, because I feel the same way uh, about, uh, uh, about how we should be invested in as a, as a public housing community, or just as a community, really. Um, and uh, our hope is a couple, that if we can find the collaboration we could um, certainly make uh, the structure here with the trust, whether the trust spends money that it borrows or spends money through an infrastructure bill, aspects of this include uh, better procurement, uh, the resident protections that uh, you mentioned in the earlier segment, and a number of other things that I think, if in fact we can get additional funding from Washington, we could uh, put it into place uh, quicker and stronger. In addition, uh, if we need to do any borrowing and we have the uh, trust plan as we've uh, presented it, we have the option to do that. And suddenly in the combination of the two, we've got some really potent opportunity. Uh, and uh, I, I do uh, agree with the uh, state Senator, uh, this is a chance. And I think we have a chance to make our case and I think we can make it forcefully. And I think between what we could leverage with the trust and what we can get out of DC, there, there's an opportunity here to really change the conditions uh, on the ground. All right, a, a chance, so a, a real chance for change. I think that's one thing we all agree, you all agree on. And I wanna say, I wanna thank you all for being with us for this episode of Street Soldiers. And also I wanna extend an invitation when it's time for a town hall with the residents. Chairman Russ, we'd like to invite you to do that. Brian, uh, State Senator Benjamin, City Council Member Vanessa Gibson, Reginald Bowman, and the residents, and also the other, other stakeholders in the community too. I think it's important to look at this as we're all in this together. There is a way forward. 
And this is a real chance for change. So we'd like to be the forum and extend that opportunity and invitation to all of you to help keep this discussion going as we can work, you know, work towards getting more and better conditions uh, for so many of these residents, which is basically the size of the city of Miami. So I wanna thank you all for, for being with us. Uh, NYCHA Chair Gregory Russ, first time on Street Soldiers. Thank you so much. We, thank we you so much, Lisa. Back. We appreciate it. New York State Senator Brian Benjamin, Senior Assistant Majority Leader. Always great to have you. Thank you so much for always being with us to uh, inform us. City Council Member Vanessa Gibson from the Bronx. Thank you for, for being with us and explaining how residents are feeling on the ground. Reginald Bowman, thank you very much for, for being with us and speaking up. On Let's make it happen. Let's make it That's, happen. All right. And it's all possible. It is all possible. It is all. Thank you. It is. I, I have a sticker on my computer that says that I wrote with a magic marker, with a, with a Sharpie, everything is possible. On that note, thank you for joining us uh, for this episode of Street Soldiers on NYCHA at a Turning Point. I'm Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace, justice, and equity for all.